Welcome to We Have Spoken, Season 2, Episode 1. We're back. Uh, yes, this is the podcast discussing our favorite show, our favorite Star Wars show, uh, The Mandalorian, on this on this episode. Um, we'll be discussing the first episode of the second season. Uh, it's, who, what the hell is the title of that episode? Chapter 9? It's just called Chapter 9? No. It's Chapter 9 in The Marshal, right? The Marshal, Oh, it's yeah. The Marshal. Yes. <laughs> okay. Anyways, uh, my name is Dennis, and I'm going to be serving up pearls of wisdom throughout the, the, the show. Great uh, pearls, that is. And um, with me, I as always, I have my co-host, uh, my prequel apologist, Ricky. I'm back. I'm happy to yes. be back. He's back. Oh, man. I have so much to say. And um, we have a special guest uh, today. We have he's a friend, a former colleague, and a fellow nerd. Nas, welcome. Hey, thank you very much for having me. Also, competitor. Yes. You got to put competitor. Oh, competitor. Yes, yeah. we can plug that stuff later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, thank you so much for coming. Um, I'm really excited to just have the show back, and I'm excited to just be talking about the Mandalorian and I'm excited to have, have like, you know, we had, a, we figured out a way to do this just like the rest of the world did. Uh, you know, we're doing <laughs> oh this. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We're, we're recording this, you know, together. Uh, so I can see Ricky's dog over there in the corner. This is great. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And then I swear somewhere, somewhere lurking around here is, uh, our uh, producer Lindsay, who is bringing balance to the force behind the scenes, as always. Yeah, um, lots she... happened this past uh, this past year, but it's <laughs> it's uh, nice to get back to normal in some way by doing this. Yes, and I just want to point out like a couple things, like because um, I know people were asking, like, "Hey, are you going to do more shows and stuff?" And and it was never really my intent to do this outside of the Mandalorian. I know we had talked about doing a speculative episode you know where we we talk about all the rumors but i was like eh, i don't really want to play with that and then um i had actually done the work of recording one special episode for uh the clone wars um which ended earlier this this year and was also written and produced uh by dave filoni who who is a you know head writer of this show or one of the head writers um but i just it just didn't it didn't happen. Uh, um, and then there was also you got distracted. <laughs> yeah. The world got weird. Um, and then there was also the Disney gallery, uh, the Mandalorian, which is a behind the scenes look at this right. show episode mm -hmm. episode. Um, I don't know if, if Nas, if you've watched that, it's super watched cool. A couple of them. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, yeah. They're I excellent. highly, rec I highly recommend it. I highly recommend clone wars, but that's really all I'm going to talk about those. Cause I didn't really, get around to doing those. I mean, the, really the reason I didn't do a Clone Wars one is because Ricky didn't bother to watch the show. So let's talk about The Mandalorian really quick before we get into that spoiler territory that we, you know, that we're going to hang out in for mm -hmm. the rest of the episode. Let's pretend that there's somebody watching or listening to us right now that has not watched this episode of the show. Uh, and I kind of want to see what you guys, what your impressions are just of the show or of this episode and like what, you know, what would convince somebody out there to, to go watch it right now or after it, their it felt very um you didn't you don't need to see anything else to understand this episode it kind of is very standalone 
it connects to the story in some ways, but it's its own own cool piece of Star Wars, little slice of it. Um, and I think that's why it worked. That's why it was a good chapter, I guess, episode one of season two. It, it was a nice, warm welcome back into that Mando's world, I guess. I yeah, kind of felt it, like it does need you to have seen Star Wars, though. Yeah, you know, you didn't know what, know what the armor is, right? He looks like Star Wars dude. He does Star Wars dude things. There's aliens. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Nas, yeah, what, do you, what do you think? I very much enjoyed uh, the uh, the feel of it. Um, I was very happy to dive back into Star Wars and have like some famili- familiar things to see. I Man, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into kind of some of the stuff that actually happened. But uh, the feeling of the whole episode uh, felt, um, and we'll talk about this a little bit later because it's part of my, uh, I I wouldn't say complaint, but a a concern that I have. But it it definitely just felt like uh, this warm familiarity. Like it wasn't hard to jump in and kind of look at it and go, "Uh, what is happening? It was like, I know what's happening Mm -hmm. and I like it. And, uh, I, I felt, yeah. I watched it with my kids and I was kind of, my son had to kind of get me to stop squealing because there was a few times <laughs> where I was just like, yeah, I'm so excited. Like, you know, this is the type of show I wanted to see when I was your age. And he's yeah. like, okay, dad, whatever, just let me watch it. So, uh, so yeah, <laughs> I, I very much enjoyed it. You also got to remember the last piece of live action Star Wars left a really bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. That's so. true. At not, least fifty percent. Yeah, I, <laughs> I liked it, but uh, I like this more. And that reminds me, we did do a special episode on that movie, and we that felt sh- and that felt weird. <laughs> it felt weird, yeah, because like it it, it went from us enjoying this and letting mm-hmm. this show get us hopeful for that movie, and then we went and saw the movie, and we just yeah, and that's that right there is why I'm not doing. Uh, podcast for other parts of Star Wars because you don't want to be negative ever. I don't want to be negative uh, more than than usual. So, um, okay. Well, with that said, I think uh, we can get into spoilers. In case anybody needs a refresher for what occurred, let's briefly recap. Uh, this episode is the one where Mando helps a small town marshal uh, kill a crate dragon in exchange for Boba Fett's armor. And tell me I'm wrong. That's the episode, right? That, that's that's what happened. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that man, is... that was such a cool. Nice and tight. Yeah. Good job. They Thanks. found a way to work that's that Hollywood back in. Pitch. Like, it, it's, it's a thing people wanted, right? To bring Boba Fett back in uh, some, capacity. some capacity. I would say some people wanted that. The same, same way some people liked... Uh, the rise of Skywalker. I think some people, <laughs> some you got people the best wanted of both worlds though. You got him back in a weird way, but then you got like the real one back in a weird, you know, it's a whole, I'm very happy with how they, they handled You're that whole jumping situation. Way ahead. Um, yeah. I mean, well, I mean he, that's fine. It's where he's, he's, he's jumping way ahead. But I think, I think uh, when, when, when Ricky jumps ahead, that's usually when it's time to say, I guess it's time to do light side, dark side <laughs> uh, because it seems like we're going to talk about the big things that we liked 
and maybe the things that kind of missed or something like that. So sure. go for it, Ricky. I had it written down to you. I actually said to myself, hey, Boba Fett's back. And I'm kind of conflicted on that. Like there was a part of me as a kid that dreamed and wished for this to happen. And, you know, and then I got older and like I, I, I've said before, I actually was not somebody who uh, enjoyed reading um, or experiencing the expanded universe. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I was like this weird snob that only considered the movies canon or like, you know, the things that like George Lucas actually like produced or, or wrote or directed, whatever. And so I always considered the comics and the video games and stuff and the books to be like kind of like fan fiction. And I understand, you know, as I got older, like, you know, I understand that like, well, technically every Marvel comic that was written after Stan Lee stopped writing them is fan fiction (laughs) also. Right. Like it's like anytime you hand the baton to somebody else, it's technically fan fiction. It's just the only difference is they're getting paid by the people who own the property, you know? So uh, I'm more forgiving of that now. And so like, I, yeah, as I got older, I was cool with hearing stories about how like, Oh, Boba Fett didn't die in that Sarlacc pit, you know? And then, but then Disney went and killed all of the expanded universe as canon, right? Like, so yeah, yeah, it, it gave them the chance to do this again. And then I know there was supposed to be a Boba Fett movie with, I think Josh Trank, right? Like was going to, Oh yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. They were talking about casting Michael B. Jordan in that movie too, which was, <laughs> that's because he did a, he did a Reddit and thing and apparently there is a trailer shot for that movie somewhere interesting um but i mean in any case i don't mind that he's back because we knew it was inevitable um i just didn't feel that feeling of excitement that i thought i would when it happened um well you kind of got like the budget version in a in an odd sense because you when you mm -hmm. first see the armor it's like it it looks the silhouette is the same but it's like the off-brand a bit in, in fairness, <laughs> I think it was the better version because it was Timothy Oliphant. Um, yeah. I don't know. I like, I love Timothy Oliphant a lot. And so it was a really, it was a clever mm. way of introducing Boba Fett, like, or letting you know, hey, this episode is going to be very Boba Fett centric, whether or not we actually show you him. We're going to remind you about him a lot, <laughs> you know, like, uh, so. Um, I, yeah. It was Timothy yeah. Oliphant, but. They didn't even they didn't even try to like make it look like the armor was fit to him, man. It was like yeah, no, I, so actually, tall. I actually I, really I liked that. that. Yeah, yeah, I liked that I knew as I knew as a fan that it didn't fit him right. And right. and and he didn't even try to keep it on for more than like five seconds. He just immediately <laughs> took the helmet off. Yeah. And I love that. I like so I loved everything that the that Din, or the, or as we racistly call him, Mando. Um, uh, I love everything that Mando reacted to regarding Boba Fett, like mm-hmm. or or the mm-hmm. Boba Fett lore and stuff. His reactions to all of it were great. Like he just automatically was like, "Give me the armor, you know. I need that's my. I have to take it by right, you know." And that guy was willing to. He was willing to accept that that was going to happen too, you know. So I yeah, liked I like all that of that. Yeah. I just don't, I guess, like, as somebody who doesn't like the prequels, um, and I, you know, like, you know, like in a horror movie, when the second you see the killer's face, like, because they took the mask (laughs) off, it suddenly, it suddenly takes all the mystery away from them. For Mm -hmm. me, the second George Lucas cast uh, 
Tamora Morrison as Django and the the clone troopers, he just re- he just ruined like seventy percent of Star Wars for me. You know, like I don't know, uh, he didn't ruin it, but you know what I mean. It just it just it took it took the mystery, and then Nothing I think save money. And then I think I always knew that <laughs> one day either that that guy or the kid was gonna play Boba Fett somewhere. You know, so right. I yeah, honestly yeah. thought it was going to be the kid, but as they started moving, uh, showing, you know, trying to think, phrase my words here. As they started uh, moving in the direction where I thought they were going, it kind of made sense why they why they didn't, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, the cool thing about getting Tamura uh, is you still have the window, or there's a door open where he could also play Captain Rex, right. He oh could God, play both. That'd be the fake out. <laughs> he could play, he could play both though. He yeah. could play Boba and Captain Rex because they so would work an actor the right there. Yeah, no. Yeah, he, he'll play Rex in the Obi Wan show. I still have fingers mm. crossed that he'll be that he'll be Rex in this show, but he could be Rex in the in the Obi Wan show. What yeah. if Rex kills him? Rex Rex is confirmed <laughs> to have been at the Battle of Endor. He's is a beard that, dude. Are right? they saying that that's the mm-hmm. beard dude? At yes. the Battle of Endor, they're actually yes. officially saying that now. I like that. I have seen that somewhere. Yeah, yeah. That's why they made so, him match him. Match so was it Rex on Tatooine or was it Boba Fett? I'm pretty sure it was Boba Fett, and I think that right. that I think that character that showed up at the very end is also the same spur jangly character that we saw in uh, season one uh, oh. when. So you when think it, that uh, is the spur jangly and not the marshal? Ooh, I think I think good I think call. So. It could be the marshal. You're it right. Be. It could have it could have been the marshal picking up uh, wearing yeah, wearing Boba up. Fett's armor. Yeah, but, at the time. Why I think That's it's fair. it's uh, Boba Fett though is he's obviously still he knows more about bounty hunter things. Mm. So why would he be looking at Mando riding off with his armor? I'm assuming he picked up some sort of tracker or fob. That's where I, that's where I'm I mean, leading that. I mean, but. I mean, you're making a lot of leaps right now, but sure. Um, yeah. But. Yeah. I think when, when you start leaping, it's time to move on to the next topic. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk about that dragon. Um, uh, let's talk about the dragon. I mean, what did you guys think about it? The crate dragon? I, I'm very much looking forward to Dune and, uh, <laughs> that crate dragon was a nice teaser for next uh, December. Yeah. I thought it was awesome, but, uh, my understanding of a crate dragon was slimmer uh, because I, I guess when uh, Tatooine on Tatooine, uh, Obi Wan, uh, not Obi Wan, C three PO and R two D two go past the big skeletal remains at the mm-hmm. beginning of Episode four, and yeah. I thought that was a crate dragon, and I thought it was like a slimmer, snakier thing. This thing a looked smaller, yeah, a little yeah. smaller. This thing looked huge. And awesome. And I thought the monster effect was super dope. And it was a very cool, everything about the presence of the monster that was in this episode, which we now know is a crate dragon, was rad. But it wasn't what I expected to of yeah. a crate dragon. Did you like that aspect ratio change when the during that whole scene? What, you don't the mean aspect, aspect ratio? ratio? You, mean, you mean the scale. Sorry, the scale. Sorry. Yes. yes. They, yeah. uh, they widen that that whole sequence, which is kind of cool. Oh, oh, they, you are they, oh, they you are talking about you are talking about yeah. Aspect ratio. I, I, I've read somewhere that it was shot in IMAX. I don't think that's true, but definitely it was a wider frame. Oh, okay, I didn't, yeah. I didn't notice, notice that. that. Yeah, and it as he's speeding off and uh, 
getting watched by Boba Fett is when it kind of zooms back down. Oh, very cool. Uh, oh, I'll have to check that out again. Felt a yeah. little more cinematic. Um, it's a very uh, Batman. What was that? <laughs> this is Christopher Nolan. Nolan yeah. all, all, of, yeah. all of them, yeah. I will <laughs> say this. Uh, as somebody who played you know, some of the video games, like I, I played Star Wars Galaxies back in the day, and I used to go all over Tatooine. And uh, one, it was weird to me that Dave Filoni or, or, or John Favreau had to create a brand new town that we've never heard of in Tatooine. That was that was strange because that's like, no, I know Tatooine. I've been all over it, and there's no moss. Well, apparently that that town was seated in one of the the books, one of the first uh, canon oh. books since okay. the reboot. Yeah. Oh, the re- since the reboot. Okay, that's yeah. fair. Um, well, and I also like uh, when she showed the map of Tatooine that it wasn't on the map because it's right. like some. I, yeah. No, I yeah, yeah I know. I, was I got it. that. I'm just saying I walked every inch of that, that you know, back in the day. And so what I was going <laughs> to say, the other thing about that is like I actually fought crate dragons in that video game, which is not canon anymore. That game, and uh, they looked a little different and. They were definitely above ground. They weren't subterranean type creatures. Um, so I was, yeah, obviously I think a lot of people got that Dune feel as soon yeah. as it started doing that. And, I mean, Tuscan, um, Tuscan Fremen. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you're right. It, if Nas, it was a very cool effect. And I really did like that yeah. they channeled some of the, the, the iconic uh, dragon imagery by like having it breathe acid all over everybody mm-hmm. and then like and then like when it disappears when they think they killed it the first time and then it comes out of the top of the mountain and just starts spewing all everybody that was just classic uh, fantasy you know like that yeah. was that was really cool because you know that's what star wars has always been is a nice blend of sci-fi and fantasy um so i really like the dragon uh even though i had to like stop myself from like you know nitpicking all the things that were inconsistent with the, mm-hmm. the my previous experiences with crate dragons so um you know did you get hey, pearls in the game if you killed them or there no? are there are pearls um there crate a crate pearl is a thing it is a thing yes i have a question for you guys about mm-hmm. it's kind of in general about the whole episode and uh i'm gonna i'm gonna pose it to you because like it was the one thing that made it hard for me to fully enjoy this episode. I understand that Mando has been growing as a character, like as a heroic character over the course of the show. But like, honestly, when he saw that armor and he was prepared to just shoot that guy right there in the bar to take that armor. Uh, but instead that guy, like Cobb Vanth played by Timothy Oliphant, convinces the Mandalorian to not only hunt and kill a crate dragon, but in the process also broker peace between the Tuscan Raiders and that town. Mm-hmm. Do you guys like why? Why like why didn't he just shoot him and take the armor and be done? <laughs> well, I, so Cobb Vanth kind of uh, Cobb Vanth. We have to say his full name every time. Uh, Vanth. Cobb Vanth uh, Vanth. made a very good observation at the beginning thinking he was going to definitely have to fight against uh, the Mandalorian. But then he saw the child with mm-hmm. the Mandalorian and said, maybe this guy is different than I first thought. And I yeah. think that was the, that was kind of showing what was going on because the fact, frankly, that Din Jaren uh, 
is toting around a child based on and what we've seen in his character, it is not surprising that he would save a town and rather go a different route than killing. Uh, but he'll yeah. kill when he needs to. And he was prepared to kill the guy. If the guy had drawn on him, he would have killed mm-hmm. him. So I think he was. Yeah, go ahead. I, I think mean, it's just it, it's it's jarring for me because earlier in the episode, he fully kills that guy after getting the information like at the, on that other planet at the mm-hmm. at the arena. He kills uh, that character. I think Koresh Goresh or something like that yeah. Uh, yeah. played by John Leguizamo. <laughs> oh, that's um, so good. <laughs> where like. He totally unnecessarily kills that guy. Well, he doesn't kill him. He just doesn't yes, save he him. Yes, he does. No, no he that's, not a bat, that's not a Batman move. No, he intentionally shot the light <laughs> out so that those those creatures would go and eat him to death. And that you, would not stand trial. The difference, the difference being, the difference being that this that guy, one-eyed John Leguizamo, admitted. To hunting down Mandalorians and killing them for the armor. That is true. The marshal said, I bought this and I need it because I am the marshal and I'm protecting these people. And it was a different, it was a totally different situation. I'll counter you know it because I mean? Mando is very quick to rebuttal by saying something like, the kid's seen worse before, like if I kill you, you know? Right. Um, but I mean, we've seen him do this before in episode I mean- four. I mean, I There's get a, that John Leguizamo is a bad guy. I get that. <laughs> um, I mean, his character. I mean, his character. Sorry. <laughs> what did you, did you have something else to say, Ricky? No, it, I see your point and I don't think there's like a right answer to it, but I'll just say, I mean, we've seen him do this before and he wasn't physically provoked. Cause here's, so. here's my thing. If his mission is to, uh, take baby Yoda back to the, the, the Jedi and his side mission or his submission is to reconnect with the Mandalorian coverts because they'll help him chart a path. Then like the sum total of what he got out of this episode was some junky pieces of armor <laughs> and that's it. Right. And he, and yep. he, and a new and friend. A, yes, he does have a new friend and I hope Timothy Oliphant comes back again. But it just felt and doesn't like die in the last second, the last episode. <laughs> yes, yeah. uh, that would be horrible. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, it just felt to me like, what was the point of all of that? You know, when like it was one of the longer episodes of the show mm-hmm. and it just and I don't get me wrong. I really loved feeling immersed in that world again. And I loved all the little details, which I could talk endlessly about. I just felt like what, what, what happened? Like you just. Yeah. You went and hunted a beast because because this guy told you, hunt the beast for me, and then I'll give you this thing that you suddenly want that you didn't know you wanted before you met me. And then you could take at any second. And there was so many times he could have taken it. Like so many. (laughs) Yes. Well, I mean, Mando is uh, Mando. Mando is a man of his word, though. Yeah, Yeah. he is. So he he could have taken it at any time, but he's also – going to do the right thing unless he gets double crossed. I'll take it. I'll take the answer. It's a good answer. Uh, He's a samurai, uh, man. It's lone wolf and cub. I'm telling you. I gotcha. I gotcha. Everyone knows it. Okay. Well, what else you got uh, next? uh, Well, what, what do you guys have? What, what other light or dark things really stood out to you? I mean, I'll kind of go with like, uh, I don't feel like we're dunking on this episode. 
But uh, <laughs> I mean, in the same note, he he gathered all this help to you know to kill the the dragon. He brokered peace between the Tuscan Raiders and the the uh, mining village. But he ended up killing the thing single handedly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he did all the work. Yeah, he kind of um, did. And it, it, you know, I don't, Mos, I don't hate that. Mos, Mos Pelgo was the name of the Mos town. Pelgo. But yeah, and he uh, didn't, he didn't load the explosives onto the thing by himself. He barely, he barely lifted true. a finger there. So you like that, like Jaws reference they had when he yeah. uh, yells oh, at yeah. the dude for dropping the bomb. That was funny. I yeah. didn't notice that that was a Jaws reference, but uh, I believe you. I could see, <laughs> and I could like see thinking I, back I, on it, yeah, I could see how so, it could be. Quinn there tanks, but uh, yeah, yeah, it was just there was a you know, I think we're all a little off on like what is this dude's skill? Like, he's a badass dude, but then like one episode he gets his ass handed by like a mud horn, and then this one he's taking down a giant worm, you know, yeah, and and he's swimming around in acid inside its stomach, right? I'm assuming, I'm assuming yeah, it's yeah. bile that it's spitting up, but it could be a gland that it's you know, spitting out of, I suppose. Um, but he is covered in that green goo when he comes out of it. And I'm like, how, how covered are you by Beskar? (laughs) Right. Like Beskar also makes cloth invincible. Yes. Apparently. It's, it's a Beskar, uh, shawl. Yeah. It it was a bit of a stretch for me to see him go inside the mouth of that thing and, and then come out later. But, and I just felt bad because it's like, okay, wait a second. I just want to clarify something really quick here. So he flew in there and then flew out and was totally fine and then blew up everybody else that was inside of that thing's stomach (laughs) (laughs) who had only just gone in there probably moments earlier. They didn't have the best car. He He probably said hi to a few of them. I'm just saying like, I'm going to get out of here. Yeah. He blew up everybody else inside that thing. On the other side, I liked how badass Din was at the beginning of the mm-hmm. episode. I thought him in the club was pretty clearly his wheelhouse, uh, you know, fighting a bunch of dudes who think that they're tougher than they are. And yeah, uh, I like I really liked that fight. I liked him using his vibro knife in a way that <laughs> my daughter said, uh, oh, I see why this is TV 14 when he stabs those two guys. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty awesome. Uh, yeah. You know, using his helmet, like just leaning into punches and, you know, t- yeah. Like, yeah. shattering the guy's hand. And I feel yeah. like that is a Mandalorian's wheelhouse. Um, but to, you know, Ricky's point, being able to kill that crate, uh, you know, by himself really was like, man, at the beginning of the first season, he was kind of not good with animals, Yeah, you know, and then yeah. not only does he have no problem killing this crate, like just going, yeah, cool. I'm just going to fly into its, you know, jaws and detonate a bomb, (laughs) which apparently I thought he was going to detonate it from the, it was quite something. And also I've seen that a couple times before in other things. So it was very much like, all right, dude, fly into the monster. You're, Mm -hmm. you know, you're uh, Drax, you're John Carter. (laughs) You're, you know, every Disney hero. (laughs) We just needed a star Wars one. So now all star Wars has the guy that flies into a mouth and all Disney. That's the new way of killing monsters is from the inside out. Going back to that fight club scene. I really, I really dug 
all the background aliens and creatures. Yeah. are most of them weren't new. They're all things that we've seen. And I really I think they could have yeah. you know, threw in a bunch of new aliens for eventually toys and stories to be made of. But I like but, that there's that familiar in the crowd. But, but I like what I like about this show is that it's actually taking all the familiar and it's giving them a little bit purpose and a little bit more mm-hmm. depth. You know what I mean? Like um Big time. Yeah. Gamorian gladiators is the best thing ever. And these guys like going at it at each other and like seemingly are an actual threat. Yeah. uh, Versus, Mm -hmm. you know, dudes in fat suits with weird fingers, you know, that can barely hold their stuff and just get eaten by rancors. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, that this is why you would have them as guards of your palace because they can swing that axe. Exactly. They're just legitimizing everything. Yeah. Like even the what was the the bartender? He's so what race is he? No, that is his race, bro. Okay. Okay. He's a weak way. Yeah, the show the show is He's once again reinfor- <laughs> reinforcing its racist ways because just like uh, Mando called Quill Ugnot, um, apparently Timothy Oliphant just calls the bartender Weequay instead of asking him what the guy's name is. I know they're like good uh, buddies. They're yeah. like fist bumping at the bar. Do you know how good of buddies they are? I mean, well, you let them die not. right in that flashback. Do you know who played Weequay? <laughs> Now, W. Earl Brown. Oh, is that the uh, the sheriff, the head of the sheriff's department? No, for, that is uh, Dan Doherty from Deadwood. Oh, uh, okay. That was his. Got it. Dan Doherty is one of like the the guys that works under uh, Ian McShane's character, but he was a he was a, a regular on Deadwood, awesome. and so like when I looked it up because I was like, this guy. No, this is the. This is the coolest weak way I've ever seen in Star Wars. And I'm oh. including Hondo. I'm including Hondo Anaka. In He's that like the list. only other one, right? No, there's a bunch of them. There's a <laughs> bunch. Like, I wow, mean, Hondo shame, has a ride. shame on you, Ricky. Uh, they were first. See, uh, <laughs> the first, my recollection is like on uh, job in Jabba's palace and on the barge on the Katana in yeah. uh, Return of the Jedi. There's several weak way. There. Well, they're all working for Jabba, right? They're yeah. All yeah. Tough. So guys when I saw when I saw the one in the bar, I kind of wondered, is that the one from Jabba's palace? Like, is is did he get a new That'd job? Be cool. You know, like yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like no, I recognize. <laughs> oh yeah, the katana might have blown up a bit. Yeah, or or crashed. <laughs> blew up a little the, bit. Yeah, just a little bit. But um, <laughs> uh, speaking of blowing up. Like, I really like that we got to see that ghetto Death Star explosion. I thought that was cool. And, I thought it and was. It, I like people watching TV in <laughs> Star Wars, you know, yeah. like watching the news and stuff like that. God. Like, that totally uh, would be the news if, like, yeah, we mean, blew up the Death Star tomorrow. Like, for that like would be all over of, the news. Half of that galaxy, that was like their 9 11, though. Like, that's. Yeah, that's well, the all the, but not that so, rim. Not no, that no, no, no. not no. rim. Yeah, yeah I would right. say, yeah, that's true. That's yeah, it's true. And actually, that's <laughs> yeah. a good point. I, I like uh, I like that exploration, but from the perspective of the people on that planet who mm-hmm. were under occupation, it would be different. Although yeah. I, I really enjoyed what the uh, the ship uh, repair 
woman. I forget what her name Pelly. is. Pelly. 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 Mm-hmm. I, I really like what she said about how she was afraid to leave the walls of the city. She was like, I don't have anybody to complain to, you know, about the lack yeah. of resources. Mm-hmm. And that was all a result of yeah. the collapse of the empire because. Yeah. I thought both her and Cobb, uh, like actually filled in a lot of blanks for us. Right. Like, yeah. But yeah. like I was saying like the second the empire like scooted out of there, there was a power vacuum. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the mining collection moved in and turned them all into a slave camp within like minutes, right? The second, yeah, they're, still, said, they're, yeah. they're like <laughs> celebrating <laughs> this, nine, <laughs> this, you know, this, this nine 11 or whatever you want to call it on, on TV. And then all of a sudden these guys show yeah. up and they just start shooting the old bartender and everything. Oh no, no, it actually was week was the bartender yeah. there. Huh? Yeah. 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 Dude, it's been how many years and he still hasn't bothered to learn that guy's name? I know. He's a (laughs) real jackass. Well, all anyone Uh, called him was Marshall too. So I guess, uh, yeah, whatever. And I mean, it took the, it took, uh, Din coming in to broker any kind of peace with the, the locals, which was, I thought pretty cool. And I actually liked that the Marshall didn't immediately just go, Oh yeah, this seems cool since you can talk to him. There was, mm-hmm. there was that feeling of animosity and like, this might not work because everyone has bad feelings about each other. Um, mm-hmm. And it took that kind of shared trauma to get them to have a, a grudging respect for each other. And yeah. actually I thought it was pretty cool how the, uh, the Tuscans, uh, what do we want to call them? Sand people. Tuscan Raider is a derogatory too, because they're just calling them the Raiders of T- Camp Tuscan. That's <laughs> awful. Sand people seems weird. How about uh, space? How about uh, Tatooine Fremen? We'll call them Tatooine Fremen. The Tatooine um, Fremen, I liked humanizing them with language and yes. with like uh, Din having some respect for them mm-hmm. and also like him, them respecting him because he knew their language. But- they, but they they cool. totally would respect each other, right? Because like they're just as oppressed in the galaxy, right? As as, oh, yeah. as the Mandalorian, yeah, totally. Like, and so it's really funny to see like Din, who's normally this very, um, I wouldn't say he's reclusive or anything like that, but he generally doesn't warm up to everybody he meets, mm-hmm. right? It it takes it takes some extra effort, you know, to get him to warm up to people. Um, but he's like down to just hang out with Tuscans and tell stories all night and right. just like you know just chat and it. I thought, yeah, again, they're using these background characters that we've always seen in Star Wars and they are giving them depth, right? Because like I cared enough to look up who that weak way was because I was like, I really like this guy. And I don't know why other than just like he's he's giving this character, uh, he's making him three-dimensional, you know? Yeah, and so it's something bounce off of him. Yeah. And so just like what you were saying, Nas, like how cool it was to see the Tuscans or, or the Tatooine Fremen, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> um, uh, I think it was also, it made it more tragic uh, when th- a bunch of them got dead. Like, they were like yeah. the only ones dying. I know. They, they, they were there was, pretty I saw, a, I saw a very few amount of like the Moss Pelgo people dying too in the, I, in the acid, mm. the acid spills. I did. I rewatched just to make sure. The Fremen went in and like offered themselves as bait, which I thought they were like, I was was like, well, the dude offered the Bantha as bait and that just didn't go the way he wanted it to. I'm talking like the, the other three, when they went in there to call the dragon out at the end, I thought it was like, look at these guys are like, 
they see the 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 bigger picture, the greater like, good, the greater good, right? Yeah, so like yeah, they're yeah. they're serving yeah. the greater good. They didn't you didn't see when they drew straws. They're like these this guy's <laughs> yeah. got to go, and like they've got to call the dragon out and for hope sure. for the best. For sure. And I I kind of like that. Uh, the one thing that it begs the question though is where did Din? When was he with uh, the Sand People long enough to learn their language? Number two, having lived with them who seem kind of like people of the land, why does he have such a problem with uh, critters? You know, like we heard this. Uh, well, <laughs> so when the, when, the, when the Sand People dogs came out and then he like knew how to talk to them, I was like, okay, that's cool. But where do you get this? Oh, because he's lived with Sand People. He knows that these are Sand People dogs. He knows how to talk to these things. But hmm. then at the same time, I was like, what was his problem? Why did uh, Quill have to teach him how to ride those things, you know, and kind of chastise him about his Mandalorianness and the, not the being... blurgs, the blurgs. Yeah. The blurgs. Yeah. And also yeah. like when he fought the, when he fought the Mudhorn and was kind of like thrown off and it was just a big mess. And I understand like hand to hand with a Mudhorn is a, is a mess, but it, it seemed like almost a leap to now where he's like, no, I'm cool. I'm, I'm one with the land. Yeah. Well, I mean, in fairness, in, in first season, he was he was cool with the tu- the Tuscans already. He uh, was cool the last, with the Tuscans. The last but time he, didn't he went, seem to, like yeah. he, yeah, true, true, true. He he was he right. was a little uncomfortable riding the creatures and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. That's all. Yeah. I, that's all I mean. It's yeah. okay. It's it's not out of the realm of believability because maybe he's you know uh, you could be familiar with one kind of critter and not another. But it's just one of those yeah. things where I was like, also, uh, so going, <laughs> going back to some of my concerns, uh, this, this episode was a combo of the egg and the village episodes where he's mm-hmm. protecting a town totally, and he's totally. going after a monster. And yeah. I didn't mind, like, it seemed like the best of both worlds. Like this was the episode that maybe they had wanted to make before, you know, like this was like it was bigger and badder and definitely tighter and had more depth to it uh, than those ones had. But it seems weird um, to do a do over already in season already two on, the, a on, yeah. on, on episode one. Right. Yeah. I would lo- I would love to have waited till episode or season four to do a do over and, and make that, you know, give him another one of those. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of weird for the Mandalorian to be just going back to like his, just general side quests so quickly, um, <laughs> right. you know, and so, and, and, you know, the more you play side quests in video games, the more you realize they're pretty much all the same. They're all the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a fetch, and, it's fetch quest. Yeah. Fetch it's quest. a fetch quest. So uh, it was, it, I'll agree. It was a little weird to, to have and, one already and be so similar to the previous ones. Yeah, and, and they got another, a and another fetch quest on Tatooine. It's like, yeah. come I, on. I love that one. You're like, are you serious when he says like he's, he's on like, Tatooine? I've spent plenty of time on Tatooine. Yeah, <laughs> it's like shit. I it was it, it was weird that he's spent so much time on Tatooine and never heard of of a Mandalorian being there. You know, so yeah, like you would think somebody would have been like, oh, I've seen somebody dressed like you before. Yeah, they lived down the road. Fed and, on on Tatooine though, a long ass time. Was he? He worked for Jabba. Yeah. yeah, but how, he how was long in was all, he like there? All three movies. All three movies. Uh, he, lived, yeah, now, he lived there. Now he, yeah. he, he lived there, and the only time he, la- he left is when Jabba would send him to go collect Han. 
Like he was, he, he hung out. He just stood around and he stood around in his palace, just doing nothing, just nodding at people. No, like, he was doing other stuff. I mean, he, uh, I yeah, didn't read the expanded universe. Them, uh, so no, in my, in no, my I'm opinion, talking about, <laughs> no clone wars. There was a lot of, him I, in clone I was, wars. I was kidding. But yeah. Okay. I mean, let's talk about that, that, uh, that rocket he launched. though with that armor, mm-hmm. Or not Boba Fett, but the Marshal. If you don't mind, that's actually that was actually my nerd moment, like for oh. this show. Like that was the thing that made me most squeal. Uh, and I didn't want to, but like, here's the thing. Like, you guys know I like I collect a lot of toys. I mean, like, that's it's just what I've always done. Um, and so uh my first toys that I collected were Kenner Star Wars toys. And so I know the lore, I know the legend of the Boba Fett J slot, you know, uh, <laughs> rocket, rocket backpack firing action, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's a figure that you really can't buy unless you have hundreds of thousands of dollars because they meant they were going to release it with this feature. But then at the same time, some kit died from like a, a, a projectile coming out of a Battlestar Galactica ship, right? I think yeah, that's the story. Yeah, that's right. That'll and so once, once some shot kid choked, yeah, choked or shot his eye out or something like that, it's a legend. You know, it's an urban legend. Who knows? Um, they made those springs way too tough. Yeah. But uh, once that <laughs> happened, uh, Kenner immediately pulled this Boba Fett that was about, yeah. it was already on the production line. And so like, there's very few of them out there in the world that you can yeah. buy. Uh, one sold at an auction last year for like $186,000. Um, that's how rare they are. And Steve Sansweet had one stolen from him. Ouch. No, but he got it the, back. But the hilarious, yeah, the hilarious thing about that thing is like, yes, we have never seen that rocket fired in all of star Wars ever, but on the back of the box for that Boba Fett, he does take that ridiculous pose where he just puts both <laughs> arms to sides and leans forward and sticks his butt out and fires <laughs> a rocket. And so I really love that Timothy Oliphant got to do that not only once, but twice. And, yeah. and additionally, like the other nod I felt that was to the Kenner's collectors was when they were arguing about the scale of the diorama they were creating for the, the crate dragon versus the Tuscan Raiders. And he's like, that's not to scale. I felt, <laughs> I felt, I felt this episode was a tiny love letter to uh, all the star Wars fans that collected these toys. Like totally. No, I totally, uh, I totally dig like the, they embrace that pose. Cause I think yes. we see, we see Django launch a rocket in attack of the clones, but he's like yeah. kind of in a cool oh, yeah. pose. Yeah, you're right. He might've, he might've <laughs> like, done it, but they, he did they, it like the cool way. Right. Yeah. yeah. You're right. You're right. But like this are like, nah, I'm just going to bend over. I'm going <laughs> to bend, bend over with both arms, arms <laughs> with both arms at my side and pretend I have five <laughs> points of articulation. Well, the, and that's it. Yeah. A little, the little targeting thing came down, you know, yeah. you get to, he gets to mm-hmm. use the targeting thing. It raises yeah. up automatically, he tips over, he fires one. I don't know where he got the second one. I'm yeah, that's what I was that. saying. Where did the second rocket come from? Well, they I looked guess different, they though, didn't they? Then they from... pretty much the same. No, but from the original. Oh, yeah, upper. they look different from yeah. the original one, yeah. Well, you know, the original it, one was more it's, like it's off the steady. back, but I guess, yeah. They don't want the rocket but, taller than Timothy, Timothy Oliphant. Yes, 
But I, I just, I just couldn't help myself. I lost it when I saw that moment, and then it I awesome. lost it. I lost it again when they were arguing about the scale, and then, then the Tuscans tried to fix the scale to make it more pre- appealing to Timothy, and that was I, too funny. Like All that. of it was too funny. <laughs> I have to. What, so go ahead. Oh, I was going to ask you what, what, what did you guys nerd out on the most? So I want to, I want to talk a little. There's a couple things, but I want to talk a little more about the rocket pack thing because that was my kind of gray thing where. Den and Cobb uh, both really knew how to fly those rocket packs, you know. Uh, I remember Den when he got his Phoenix, you know, thing. The, the armor, armor said, asked you know, him. practice a lot. I don't, have you, you know. studied the Rising Phoenix? Yeah. 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 So apparently like, yeah, a little Cobb bit. and Den have studied the Rising Phoenix because they were swooping around like awesome. And it, it made me stoked Whoa. to see them flying really yeah. well. But I was also like, uh, but. But that rocket pack of Boba's goes off at the slightest tap. It happened yeah. in Jedi and it happened here. All you have to do is hit it on the back and whoever's wearing it is out of your way. It yeah. was the best. And I kind of liked that they kind of homaged that. You be sure to tell them I didn't break it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just smack up. Oh, there he goes. Right in, you know, out of the way. No, yeah, that, was cool. yeah. No, that part, that was, that was a nice nod to what we remember, you know, like they were really milking, like, I mean, what we've probably seen Boba Fett on screen a total of 10 minutes ever. <laughs> and they were just mil- milking every Yeah. I mean, it's, it's what you wanted to see from him, what you fantasized as a kid, like Boba Fett doing, Yeah, you yeah. just got it in this other, other character, you know, like. Yeah. Which is kind I of what the Mandalorian is anyway. Mm-hmm. It's like everything yeah. I wanted to see out of Boba Fett, the Mandalorian is doing, but without the baggage of being, you know, yeah, of being of being the dork that got eaten by a, by a Sarlacc. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After exactly. after after blind Han accidentally knocks the jetpack and causes him to run into the katana. Yeah, yeah, that was all embarrassing oh, and really yeah. not the least cool way for the coolest bounty hunter to go out ever. And I, I think that's why I that's why I stopped caring, you know. So yeah, but I do like the little leaps that they give you, little clues that you know the oh this this crate dragon uh, seemed to have killed a sarlacc and and took over his pit, you know, like yeah, uh, you know, or or the crate just ate a sarlacc that was already dead because maybe Boba Fett mm-hmm. killed it or who knows. But you know, for whatever reason, we're getting that we're getting those logical leaps that oh. Okay, the armor is already out. You know, the the Jawas found the armor at some point, so Boba Fett got out because you know it's already implied very early in that episode. Um, it is weird to me that Boba Fett's been walking around this whole time and kind of like probably knows that that Marshall Vanth has it and he doesn't gone to yeah, claim right. it. Whatever, he's old, right? Yeah, he's older, and. Yeah, and I, it almost gives a hint of maybe he gave it up. Like I would, I would kind of be okay if we never saw Boba Fett again. I, I don't think we, yeah. but I would be okay if like this was just a nod to. Yeah, he lived. You didn't think he did, but he did. Mm-hmm. But also, he gave it up. He's just living out in Tatooine, half Tuscan. He had a Tuscan, you know, gaffy stick on his back and a rifle. Yeah. He was probably living among the Tuscans at that point and just was like, all right. I mean, I have faith he'll do one more thing this season. 
and yeah, like you said, that'll be the the book close for Boba Fett. And I'd be okay with that. You know, yeah, I would be, but I don't think it's going to happen. I don't, I don't think, think it's so either. Yeah. Well, it depends on how, how much those sell or the toys sell for. Yeah. Well, before yeah. we get before we get into into more speculation, let's. I, I think we should we should switch switch gears here and like, um, why don't we talk about what I like to call the midichlorians, which are all the little things that just should not matter, but they matter to us just a little bit, you know, like they <laughs> like, um, just like you know the midichlorians actually matter to Ricky, um, but <laughs> they're gonna come back. For me, I had I had a, a lot of little little things that like made me smile or just smirk a little bit, and I just wanted to see what you guys had. Like, um, I have a few that like I just kind of listed a bunch of Easter eggs together, and mm. I was just curious if you guys caught any of them. Did you catch that Pelly's R five was the R five D four? Oh I yeah, thought it might have been, but I did you, I didn't you know not that see that? I liked it. Oh, he had the scorch marks on mm-hmm. on. The top yeah, that's cool. from where he there's malfunctioned a, in uh, in in the first movie when o- Uncle Owen was going to buy that one, yeah, and then he blew up, and then R R two stepped in, yeah. There's that's a cool. good like uh, story where R five is actually like the true savior of the resistance because while they're in the the sand crawler, R two spoke to R five, telling him about his mission, and R five sacrificed himself. Like, <laughs> oh, that's that's yeah. funny. It's it's I a cool little that. story. Um, I, but I can see that. It was nice to see. No, definitely nice to see that. I mean, on the same, same vein, like uh, the pod racer bike thing, you know, we know what that is. They don't explain what it is, but you just know visually Anakin's, that. Anakin's pod, yeah. Or some variation or, of or his it's, pod. It's, it's definitely it's definitely the model of pod that Anakin drove. Yeah. Um, and it's, and it's what Cobb Marshall is, or uh, Cobb Vanth is using as, as his like vehicle to get around. I thought that was really cool. Um, I, I I didn't catch it the first time I was watching it. I only like, it was on the second watch. I'm looking at that. I'm like, that's Anakin's pod or or engine. It's the engine for his pod. Yeah. Um, it's a little. Yeah, I caught that right away, painted, and I liked it. It's painted a lot. differently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought you mentioned the gaffy stick earlier. Like, uh, I've only ever seen them beat Luke over the head with those things. <laughs> I was quite surprised to see that they also function as toothbrushes for the Banthas. <laughs> I like that. I like that they were yeah. taking care of those things, and I like seeing the Banthas close up and like not just an elephant with a you know shag carpet <laughs> over its back, but like a more fully realized critter. It looked uh, awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, and then the only other one I had in there was like, uh, as far as Easter eggs go, was that, that pearl that you, we mentioned earlier, like uh, that pearl actually had the crate pearl that you see the Jawas pull out or the Tuscan, mm-hmm. no, the Tuscans pull Tuscans, out. Of yeah. yeah. Um, do you guys know what the pearl is? Nope. Is it an egg? No. It is not an egg. No. Okay, uh, so, they actually eat stones, uh, to, I think, to clear their digestive system. And uh, occasionally, they accidentally eat kyber crystals. Oh. And, and, and kyber crystals inside a crate's stomach smooth out and become a pearl. Big-ass crystal. Cool. And, and a Jedi could use a crate pearl to make a lightsaber if they wanted right. to. I'll yeah, kind of... They, I'll... They've shown oh, okay. up in, the, in in older games and stuff before. That's awesome. I'll kind of pose something I noticed. Um, 
so it's called chapter nine i i with that being said do you think they have like a definitive end in mind for the no. mandalorian no or that's what i took from that i think i think they'll do chapter 842 <laughs> if if the people demand it <laughs> yeah if it's still um, making money and yeah there's other shows that have done that they just keep listing chapter and chapter and chapter until it finally ends and that's fine mm. you know it's just that's what it is they're, they're supposed to be stories right like uh, uh the mandalorian is a collection of stories right and so yeah each 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 episode is a chapter in that bigger book that is hopefully Man. din din story but it doesn't even necessarily have to be you know like uh there's been rumors before that pedro pascal might dip out and i'm like you know if anybody could it would be on this show because like he could always leave and then we could start following the armorer or we could just follow anybody else and, and any other actor and, in that and, armor. And, as, and as as long as we're following a mandalorian it doesn't matter which one is the Mandalorian, I suppose, you know? Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't have a problem with it being chapter nine. Like it's what, what else was it going to be? Like, you know, fair, yeah. uh, dank Farrick. I wrote that one down. That is a swear that he, does. he, uh, Mando says it's a star Wars swear. Uh, apparently I think it was first heard. Um, by Horatio Sands' character in the first episode of, of The Mandalorian. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Dank so, Farrick? Yeah, Dank Farrick. But uh, he says that when it, their plan doesn't seem to be going well against the, the crate. I just thought that was interesting. I'm like, okay, cool. They're they're creating slang on the show. Cool. I love sci-fi slang. Yeah, Shazbot. Shazbot, yes. That's a good one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What was, uh, they said frack. All the time on Battlestar Galactica, as if I didn't know what they really meant. I feel like (laughs) Dank Farrick is like, it has to be a really severe one because, you know, like in our language, the the ones with the longer syllables or the the more syllables, (laughs) those are usually the worst ones. So I have to assume that's their C word. Yeah. Dank Dank Farrick was definitely, (laughs) no, no. You can only say DF at school. You can only (laughs) say DF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, um, what, uh, what, what do you guys got? You got any of the weird little things in there? I, uh, I mean, we're I, I apologize. He used I a flamethrower. Oh, wait, he hasn't he used, used it in every episode. Yeah, he has. Has totally he really? Has. Yeah. Are you sure? I'm almost positive that thing pops up in some capacity. Every episode, huh? Uh, it, are we counting how many times he successfully killed somebody with it because oh he has uh, he's killed no one with it <laughs> no that's not true no he killed oh, yeah. some stormtroopers and he and he killed some droids with it and the prison yeah. i re mm-hmm. i rewatched the whole first season yesterday by the way just to kind of to kind of reacclimate to the world yeah the first and time so, he uses it he kills that stormtrooper it's pretty brutal yeah yeah okay i'll believe you I, i'll believe that he used it nine times that's, i do that's like good, that he's using it you know, I like, it was I like right all on the tools. package of, uh, of Boba Fett, like Boba Fett shooting the flamethrower at the photo and you never saw him yeah. use the flamethrower. Wait, he and didn't use it in Jedi? No. He Are used you sure? The, he used the rope. Pretty sure he yeah, didn't he use definitely the flamethrower. Yeah, he definitely oh, used the rope. Yeah. The rope. That's more exciting. <laughs> the rope's pretty good, man. This guy uses the rope 
really well. <laughs> I yeah. like I, I do like that he's using the weapons. Yeah, it's like a, there's like a times. Batman aspect of it. He has there his is, gadgets yeah. and you you see him yeah. use them. They're not just for uh, for show or whatever. Right. I'll tell you what is for show is his awesome, awesome spaceship, which he always leaves as far away from mission as possible. <laughs> the Razor's and Crest. I, the Razor's Crest is a delightful ship. And this was on my one of my Metachlorians. My whole problem with the first season was he always left that thing as far back from mission command as possible. And they actually finally addressed it in this episode, which was you can't fly it out there. They'll see you and know you're coming. Uh, you can't fly it over the crate or it'll just dive. Cause he was like, why don't I just blast it with my ship yeah. and be done? And I'm like, eh, yeah, exactly. Like the same thing with uh, a Walker the same with thing with anything <laughs> like use your ship for what a ship is for, which is man, blasting a- things. Can you imagine if that ATST had to go against his ship? Dude, I'm telling you the end. Here's a big plan. We have a week until they attack again. I'm going to go get my ship. And then when they attack, I'm going to destroy them. I'm going to do a flyby <laughs> mission over, but nah, we'll carve spears. We'll dig a hole. It's fine. That ATST boy. If you uh, give a man a fish, right? Just teach a man to fish. <laughs> yeah. Teach a man to fly a razor crest, and he'll have all the f- shrimp he needs, all the space <laughs> shrimp he needs yeah. for the rest of his life. By the way, this right here, what you just said, is the total justification for why the prisoner uh, escape episode last season. I think it was just called the prisoner is mm-hmm. the best episode yeah. of that show because <laughs> they actually need the razor crest, right? Like it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a vital part of that mission. Exactly. And it's the only time it's vital to the mission. Right. Um, they need yeah. the razor crest and they want revenge on that was a, on, on that was a, yeah, that was a tight episode across the yeah. board. Yeah. No, on the rewatch yesterday, I was, I was noticing, um, Hey, this is kind of weird because the, the show the show's not as strong as I remember it being like if when, especially on the binge and like while I'm doing other stuff and I have it on the background and it's when I watched it today, the new episode and I didn't have any distractions, nothing. Yeah. I put my phone down. I just completely watched the show and I'm like, Oh, you have to give this show your undivided attention because if you do, it rewards you mm-hmm. by, by just being, completely an immersive experience. I mean, you know? this episode yeah. and yeah. in total, it's definitely like a sum, sum of all parts situation yeah. where yeah. Probably, it is it as is. a whole thing. It's, it's definitely stronger yeah. than each slice. Um, yeah. Well, did you guys notice the, the crate dragons howl? Uh, you know, we've heard it before. We've heard it in episode four when Obi-Wan first comes on the scene and he does Was that, that the- howl. Like that's he does a crate dragon howl oh. to scare off the the things, and then they changed it in the most recent special editions, and it seemed like the crate dragon howl that they had in this one was kind of a mix of the two, the old one, not. the original one. <laughs> I did not catch that at all. That's awesome. Yeah. I never knew that was a crate no, howl, I didn't, yeah. howl that he was doing. Yeah, so See, I, I heard that and I like that. God, he must have been yelling really loud. This is yeah, why I mean, we, he was forced yelling. He was this is why we have yelling. you on the show right now, Nas. Just to yelling. be clear, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> you just another you thing. Just... <laughs> I brought it. I brought it in. Uh, good. I'm proving my worth. Um, 
I, I we talked about more sympathy for the Raiders. I like that. Um, the Raiders. See, I don't have sympathy for them. I still call them Raiders. The the uh, the San Fremen, the Tatooine Fremen. Uh, the other thing, uh, really nerdy. I was really happy to see Timothy Oliphant. Uh, we've talked about how much we like him, but I also because I like the meta. I like the meta of the names, you know, and the stuff that they do uh, with yeah. names. It, like if I'm working on a story, I like to make a name be a reference, you know, so because the name comes loaded with all types of stuff and his name being Cobb Vanth. I was immediately reminded of Sheriff Cobb, which is uh, <laughs> recently deceased Brian Dennehy from Silverado, which was written and directed by Lawrence Kasdan, who is nice. very closely related to Star Wars. Star Wars, yeah. And then his last name being Vanth. Uh, there's a character from Epic Comics of the 80s. That were that was created by Jim Starlin, who uh, created Thanos, right? Who's now a Marvel mainstay. Uh, Vanth Dreadstar was this comic. So Vanth is the only other time I've ever heard the name other than Cobb Vanth. And his facial hair looked exactly like Vanth Dreadstar's. So I cannot think that Cobb Vanth is a mistake in those respects. And That's I love fair. the meta. And even if it isn't, it should be. Those <laughs> references should exist yeah. because they fit. So I like that. Uh, the other thing also is like, it's just meta in that we get to see Timothy Oliphant playing a sheriff slash marshal yet totally. again, like <laughs> yeah. all the time. That's you all know, he does. Ambiguous like ambiguous sheriff marshal. Uh, I yeah. know it was, I know the show was delayed um, for, uh, you know, COVID reasons, but uh, the new season of Fargo is out right now. Like it's 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 airing, you know, weekly. And uh, guess what? Timothy Oliphant plays in that show. Is he a marshal? <laughs> He's a marshal. <laughs> Go figure. Uh, yeah. So it's kind of funny because you know I can jump back and forth between the two shows right now, and oh, there he is again. <laughs> He's a marshal. You know, like or Justified yeah. or you know Deadwood. Uh-huh. Um, but I do I do think they were definitely uh, intentionally referencing timothy oliphant's career because why else would you cast his co-star from deadwood as yeah, to- totally you know like so yeah. uh they they knew what they were doing it's a bundle deal it's fun yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> it's a little stunt casting but uh and again it, it's it's that meta narrative right like mm-hmm. you want to tell as much as you can i mean and this is okay let's let's talk star wars for a second uh just now we will just now let's talk star wars star wars so the only complaint i've ever heard about this show is that it's too derivative and i said this was someone who was like dude it's just it's homages upon homage homage and to me i'm like yeah that's what right. star it's, wars is yeah exactly exactly yeah. that's what star wars is and you know when you go back and look at george lucas talking to uh uh, the guy who wrote uh, Man with a Thousand Faces and saying, uh, you know, am I being uh, iconic enough with these characters? I feel like what, where Mandalorian strength lies is that they do that as as often as possible. They mm-hmm. go for a visual or they go for a casting or they go for something that is that resonates in the pop culture. So you have a ton of backstory just by looking at Raylan Givens. By looking at Timothy Oliphant, you go, that guy right off the bat, I mm-hmm. know, is going to be trouble for the Mandalorian. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Right. And no, it's cool. It's true. And I love, it's, they're, I love it. They're using pop culture as a shorthand to com- convey uh, you know, the parts of the story that they don't have time to get to. 
exactly. so you just have to accept. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. Yeah, I talked to Dennis about this a lot, but I'm always a fan of showing storytelling versus telling. You know, mm-hmm. show show me something, don't tell me something. Yeah, and this show is like one of the perfect examples of, you know, and, and doing Timothy, that. And Timothy Oliphant, even if he hadn't done all of those things in his career, he's just such an expressive actor that you right. can just look at his face and just know, oh, there's a lot going on here. So mm-hmm. you know, uh, that was a joy. Like for me, that's why I said earlier that. Uh, if you had to bring Boba Fett's armor back, I can't think <laughs> of a better person to be wearing it than Timothy Oliphant. So yeah, I was I was cool. very pleased with that. Yeah. Well, uh, do you guys have any more like little things or little no, like think, stuff? Uh, back? Or is it time to take, wrap this up? Time to wrap up. Take take us home. Yeah. yeah? Okay. Yeah. Well, I think the the thing we like to do just before, just because I, for some reason we like <laughs> to put scores on these. Um, which is really funny because you know hindsight's twenty twenty, and like if God. I had to go back and give all those old episodes scores right now, I'd be like the prisoner ten, and then the rest of them are like sevens or sixes or fives, <laughs> you know. Uh, but for now, today, you know, we're uh, uh, October twenty nine or October thirtieth when 30th, we had just yeah. yeah we just got done watching the, the the first episode of the new season. What would you guys give this episode on a scale of one to ten? I'll go. I'll go seven out of ten. It's good to be back. That episode was solid. Had some ant there. You know, I wish we got a little bit more Baby Yoda stuff. Like not, it was a very like not in the show, man. It was a very light Baby Yoda episode, but a yeah. solid Mando episode. You know, and it you know that it did a lot right. It checked a lot kept, of boxes. I just kept wondering why isn't the baby taking care of this dragon? <laughs> right. Like, it just it just felt like he was gonna. But he didn't. So he needed out of the, the sand. Out of the sand. Is that <laughs> yeah. Just out of the sand. Oh, you want me to lift it? Oh, I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I got you. I got you. Yeah. What about you, Nas? What would you give uh, it? For me, uh, I was. My gut says about eight point five. Um, and I, I rate it strictly on entertainment value. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed watching it. It was fun. The performances were all solid. Uh, the direction was really good. The production values were way up. Uh, what I didn't like, we mentioned already, which was some of the uh, derivativeness and like back to uh, very similar episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there, there wasn't anything super, super new in this. Um, but it did what it did very, very solidly. And it was a nice, uh, like Ricky said, like it felt good. You know, I watched it and I wasn't upset at anything. I was just like, ah, I see things. So, um, yeah, eight, I'll I'll call it an eight, 8.5 is a little, little strong because of those things, but, uh, I definitely want to watch it again. I didn't even look it up. You reminded me. I didn't realize, uh, Filoni directed this one. I don't know if you yes. mentioned that. Oh. No, I don't think we did. Um, but John Favreau wrote it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dave Filoni, in Dave Filoni, we trust. And so mm-hmm. uh, I Lord think. Lord and Savior. Yeah, well, I mean, going a little far. But uh, <laughs> uh, I will agree with Nas. I I have to say, like, as, as cynical as, as parts of me want to be, um, at the end of the day, uh, I got to sit in front of the TV uh, twice, honestly, um, for, you know, about an hour and totally escape the, mm-hmm. re- like everything going on in the real world. You know what I mean? And like, 
I, yeah. I hunger for anything that can take me that far away from the world we live in right now. <laughs> and, and, uh, it was like, as much as I, I groaned at certain things and I rolled here and there, it was fun, man. Like it was, that was a fun episode. So I'll yeah. give it an eight. And then, uh, you know, uh, eight weeks from now, I'll be like, you know what? That was a bad episode. <laughs> <Like that. laughs> so, uh, yeah. But I'm going to add a 0.5 because my Disney app didn't give me blue circle of death the whole episode when I watched it oh. today, which was a common amazing. Thing? I've never had that happen. You had an opposite experience I, for me. <laughs> I, uh, the first season I watched every episode took twice as long as the episodes were. And this one I was able to watch straight through with no break. So it made it extremely more enjoyable. I tried so watching this. Five, Disney, uh, good job. Uh, Nice. I tried watching nice. it at launch and it took like 30 minutes after midnight for it to go live. And it was a little annoying, uh, but yeah. worth it. I, worth, uh, it, worth it. I, uh, I got my sleep and then I just watched it pleasantly this mm. morning, you know, like <laughs> after, after a nice shower and everything like that. So, all right, me, guys, I, Wait, all what right. were you going to say? Sorry. Say I, I, got, I say. got a question. <clears throat> all right. It, it, would you consider it a spoiler if now I know we're talking spoilers, but I opened Facebook today and one of the first things I see someone posts a picture of Tamora Morrison taken right off the TV, no context whatsoever. And I'm like, bro, five minutes. I don't think he, the, the people know who oh, he is, though. But I do. Yes, Anyone they do. They do. Knows. And yeah. honestly, that that was the that was. Ricky spoiled that for me like a month ago, so I already knew it was happening. So, Put so it in if, the spoiler chat. So if anything, though, if anything, <laughs> like I'm, I'm happy they ripped the bandaid off today. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so they, that's true. I, we well, don't, yeah, we, I am too. So we bad. don't have to tease that the whole season. Like, mm-hmm. right. like you know. Um, but yeah, it would be a spoiler. Um, that's why we have you know a section of the show where we say, hey, if you haven't watched the show, go away. You know, but but if you're listening this far. Well, <laughs> well uh, I gotta say, uh, sorry, <laughs> too late. Sorry, no, I don't. Sorry. Not, not sorry. Um, but I will say, sorry. you know, thank you for everybody. And uh, before we we sign off, I just want to give you guys an opportunity to plug anything that you got going on. Um, I really appreciate that you gave me your time. Or and uh, yeah, I'd like to turn it around and use this as an opportunity for you to get people to go find you elsewhere. <laughs> I got nothing going on. Um, Ricky the Nerd Instagram. I'm sure got some photos of me doing not Star Wars stuff. But uh, yeah, have a good Halloween, people. Go vote if you haven't voted. And uh, how about you, Nas? Anything going on? Um, <laughs> hashtag figure photo fight, uh, which is uh, how Dennis and I are keeping uh, in touch. We're taking pictures of our toys, and I feel like I'm going to have to do some Star Wars on my Instagram. My Instagram is uh, Gigamock on Instagram. Same same thing that I think Dennis put on my photo. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, go check that out. We're doing that weekly and it's fun. That's about all. I'm, I'm trying to write a book, but uh, that won't be ready for another two years and you'll all have forgotten this podcast by then. So uh, <laughs> No, they well, won't. Well, you'll remember this- the podcast. You'll forget me. So I'll promote that elsewhere. Oh, I, I don't think you heard. We signed you for the entire season. Oh, yeah. perfect. Yeah. No, no, we did not. Three picture deal. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Um, uh, I will <laughs> echo that. Uh, what Nas said, uh, you can find me at Denx Media. 
uh, everywhere. You can find me on uh, uh, Instagram, YouTube, uh, Twitter, Facebook. I'm all over the place. Um, but yeah, one of the things we got going on is Figure Photo Fight, which is a action figure uh, photography contest where the two of us put um, uh, a picture up uh, to a theme every week. And I cannot believe that we did not choose a theme that was either Star Wars or election related <laughs> this, for this weekend coming up. Uh, that seems like a missed opportunity there on our part. Uh, but every one of know, them though, you have to vote on. So they're all election yeah, related. Yeah. It's a democracy. That's response. true. We do encourage voting every week. Um, so we've been going 16 weeks strong and, uh, it's, Crazy. it's a fun thing. It's a fun thing to, te- to test our skills and see who can, uh, impress the fans out there more and more. And then yeah. I've also got, uh, action figure, uh, video reviews slash music videos, um, slash, I don't know how to describe them. I just, I make them cause I like them and I like my figures and, uh, I call them legends in 30 and you guys should check those out on YouTube as well. But, um, with that, I think we're going to be out of here. Uh, thank you so much for listening or watching or however you're consuming us right now. And, um, please feel free. If you liked this, let somebody else know and, uh, make sure to like, and subscribe. And I think that's going to be it for Mm -hmm. this. Uh, We'll see you next week uh, for the next episode. Uh, We'll have a different guest. Sorry. Sorry, Nas. Um, But uh, that's cool. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me this week. (laughs) Yeah. You have listened. And we have have spoken. spoken.